Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Please Stop the Podcast with Katie and Chaz. This is Katie. This is Chaz. Thanks so much for listening. We're happy to be recording again. We needed to take a little bit of time post-buster in that entire saga. Uh, But if you enjoyed those episodes and stuck with us through it, um, if you're a new listener, welcome. This podcast is really a documentation of mine and Chaz's real life. And we share memories that we want to make sure that we can keep forever. And we also do this really fun thing, uh, which is we share Please Stops, which is where the name of the podcast come from. I don't know why I'm giving this full overview. Go off. Please stop. Do you like yeah, it? Is it? I think good? I'm going to have to finger gun you, though, because I don't think you're looking at me at all. I am. I'm looking at you now. I wasn't looking at you as I was talking. Anyway, sometimes people ask me what my podcast is about, and I thought it might be helpful a hundred episodes in (laughs) to let you know. If you can't handle the heat, turn the podcast off. No, please stop saying dumb shit like that. (laughs) I want to thank you all for receiving the Buster Trilogy so well. Everyone seemed to enjoy it as much as we did, which I'll be honest, kind of shocked me. I thought it was one Mm -hmm. of those had to be there moments. Apparently it wasn't. And so now I'm feeling very warm hearted, heart warm. Yeah, same. I too was really, really grateful for how well that was received and how much positive feedback we got from everyone. Just so many people reaching out to us directly, wanting to know what happened next, laughing about the whole thing with us. It was a lot of fun to share. So thank you so much if you listened to that. We really appreciate it. I'm in the weirdest mood. I've gone out every single day since last Tuesday, except for Saturday. And that's because I went to bed at like 4 a.m. Saturday morning, Sunday morning, really. How many brain cells have you killed between then and now? So much. And I keep trying my little heart out to go on a cleanse. And my social life won't allow it. The summer social pressure is hitting me full force, but it's to the point where I just, my nervous system is pleading for me to cool it. So we'll see. I mean, I don't think I will be anytime soon. Um, Also, my next solo trip is officially coming up. Berlin. I don't know if I ever said that. No, I don't think you did on the pod. Really, like, truly spirit of a champion over here. I was listening to something before this that said certain people are really can be really ambitious but really lazy, and you end up having a ton of ideas and tons of creative um, outbursts and lots of work ethic, but then you end up doing nothing. And I was like, I'm almost opposite. I, I do all of them, but uh-huh. then I get burnt out, and then I feel imposter syndrome yeah and then I compare myself to everyone else who specialize in the one area that I'm doing you know how like okay we have tech we have social work we have the pod we once had pole dancing I realized I started comparing myself to people who make a career solely out of one of those things Mm -hmm. I should be better at this but then I have to remember no I have so many other things going on you dabble you're a dabbler well and this is a hobby it's not a career And we've been really open about that. I've been comparing my hobbies to people's careers. And that is Mm -hmm. not okay to do for me. No, that's going to set totally unrealistic expectations. And that's a good reminder for me too, because I do the same thing sometimes. Yeah. I'll be like, damn, 
why haven't we why haven't we made a career out of pot? And then I'm like, oh wait, I have two other careers. And Katie just completely <laughs> pivoted and changed careers and is killing it. So yeah, that's why. But Katie and I are overachievers, but at least we act on it. I was proud thinking you and mm-hmm. I act on things. We don't just sit around yeah. and bullshit and talk. Sometimes it takes me a few months, but when I get going, there's no stopping. Same with you. Exactly. We always follow through on the things that we say we're going to do and we don't quit them because they're too complicated or too hard. How many people in your life have you heard say, I should have a podcast. I'm going to start a podcast. And then how many ever actually do it? How many people have come to us directly asking us, Hey, I'm thinking about starting a podcast. Like, how did you get started? What do you use? Da, da, da. Like, personally, for me, that happens all the time. And almost none of those people have actually followed through and started their own podcast. No shade to them because, like, you know, less competition in the space. <laughs> for, for us, us to make a career. <laughs> us career podcasters. <laughs> for us to make millions. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, we, we do the shit we say we're going to do. Speaking of which, I have someone coming to my apartment this week to take pictures of it to potentially list it for me to sublet because I have another wild hair up my ass. I love it when you say that. In my mind, I'm going to go to Berlin and not come back. Like, I just have this fantasy in my mind. I don't think it will happen. I Yes, I have done something like this before. Yes, two psychics did confirm I will be doing this. But I just... It's my current fantasy. Maybe it's a little bit of escapism. Maybe it's a little bit of uh, turning 31. Maybe it's just me doing an eat, pray, love thing. I don't know what it is. But I'm making moves that I did not think I would be making. I don't think you're going to try to stay there permanently because I do think you're going to get detained in the airport again. I'm concerned about that. I would not ever stay there permanently. I could see me extending it week by week. Mm -hmm. You know, you just never know. I I, have a return flight booked right now. I do, but it's very easy to switch Mm -hmm. it. I don't know. I just need to romanticize my life. I feel like I've been lacking it lately. As much dates of as I've gone on, as many somewhat romantic encounters as I've had with the usual people, I just feel there's still something missing. I just want to feel true fairy tale something, whether that's just whisking myself away or I don't know what it is. We'll see. And Germany's where it's happening. For now, that is my tunnel vision for some reason. Just that. When did Germans become the thing? For so long, it was Swedes. Like, when did that change? Something. I saw that Marin Altman was in Berlin. <laughs> Wait, tell the people who Marin is if they're oh, not familiar. She's this goth tarot psychic who's a financial wizard she knows everything about crypto she's like a fucking the weirdest hybrid of a human um but she's really interesting sometimes she can be really annoying to me but she was in berlin and i thought okay what's a city i've been to that's walkable that i feel safe traveling alone in okay we've checked off amsterdam berlin makes sense and uh, i was talking to my friend from brooklyn the day i was teetering on booking my flight and because he had lived there and he was like yeah i'm actually taking off to go back to amsterdam for a few weeks And I thought to myself, why the fuck am I not? I kept saying, let me wait till after graduation in December. But then I just realized, what if I, what if something horrible happens before then? (laughs) Or what if I just, what, what am I waiting for? No more procrastinating. Katie went to Denver. She's probably going to move to Denver. Yeah. Chaz is going to Berlin. I'm going to Denver. (laughs) I already did go to Denver this past weekend. It was unbelievably stunning. It was so nice. And I'm just really living the 
coastal to Texas to Denver pipeline. <laughs> I want Katie to move to Denver because I'll be honest, I love Austin, but the last few visits was so unbearably hot. I'm ready to switch it up. It's been way too hot lately, and that's definitely part of the decision because I don't expect it to get better with climate change. Obviously, they say if you're in a La Nina or an El Nino year, that one is hot and dry and the other's colder and wetter. And so depending on the tides that year, and we're in whichever one is a hot, dry year right now. So that is probably impacting it as well and why it was so hot for so long this year. But it was literally unbearable. You couldn't do anything outside besides just stand in a pool. There's nothing else that was enjoyable to be outside for. So it was just really hard. And that's like, it takes away part of the joy of living in Austin. I'm not saying for sure that that's what's going to happen, that I'm definitely moving to Denver. There are other places I want to look at, but I am looking also to sublet my apartment while I explore the options. So if anyone's interested in living in New York City for $6,000 a month (laughs) or in Austin for $2,500 a month, hit us up. We've got sublets. They're fully furnished. Yes. Basically, though, Katie and I just feel like we need a change of scenery. So this should be an interesting new chapter, hopefully. You get the ick from people warding off bears. Yeah. there's. I'm just constantly on watching bear videos of bears following people. And they always go, hey, I hate doing it. Please do it. Oh, I hate it. Hey, bear. <laughs> know what you're talking about hey bear and it makes me break out into goosebumps no it's so upsetting hey bear (laughs) and I keep watching them and I like grit my teeth and I get so embarrassed for them and then as the bear gets closer they sound so scared and it makes me cringe more I, I just just a thought I had that sounds really upsetting I'm now going to hey bear you all over New Orleans <laughs> also reminds me of the other ick I get which is when men put LGBTQ ally in their dating profile like we get it you won't commit it do men do yes that? you we to me it just screams hey you should fuck me because I won't commit a hate crime against your gay friend <laughs> like do you want to meddle because you're an ally like we shouldn't it should just be an understood thing <laughs> that you're accepting of that community it just it's it, it's very I'm wearing a feminist t-shirt situation how we've talked about before like hey I want extra points for being a good human right like if you were a real ally you would just donate and shut up and be cool and have gay friends rather than having to advertise it oh I wanted to talk about be real ah I'll be honest I'm not interested in it I'm not either which is why I haven't downloaded it and I don't really know what it is and like no one that I know really talks about it like I don't know a single person who has actually used it oh i know so many people using it i think the reason you and i aren't interested is because we're fake as fuck that's not even true i'm joking i'm I'm joking (laughs) why didn't you laugh i don't know i was really like you're right we are but that's not why i'm still trying to figure out if i know someone who's used it no i know so many people it's like snapchat for adults but they make you take a photo of you at the same time as you take a photo of whatever it is you're looking at. I would rather not do that. It's invasive. I agree. I don't know like what the appeal of this is. Cause like 
Who would you send that to then? Just the people that you're super close to. Like I would send it to you. I think it's a cute concept. I just have too many apps on my phone. I don't need another form of social media that pressures me into taking a picture. Look at me right now. Do you, like, can I, can I send pictures like this to anyone but you? I'm for your record. No. My tits are completely out pretty much. And same. Like I, it's just, nobody needs to see this and I'm doing nothing interesting. Most people do well, need to see it. this to be honest. But. Well, people would pay probably to see both of us doing that, but like, do they need to see it as in, will we allow them to see it? Absolutely not. Oh God, no. Um, so yeah, no, be real. Next topic. I just wanted to talk more about it. I feel like there's more to say here. So, well, okay. TBD in the future. I may come back to this. I think you should do an experiment where you use it for a week. That's what I'm saying. I wanted us to both download it because I didn't know you had done it already. I'm trying. I wanted us to both download it and test it on each other and see what we thought. I'm trying to really wean myself off of TikTok and Instagram and Twitter. It's not going well. You tagged me in like seven. It's going horribly. I would have actually, it's gone, it's gotten worse than usual lately. You tweet more than ever. I'm very active on Twitter. <laughs> At please stop dot podcast on Twitter if you're interested. Yeah, no more John Vignet. We know about that. So I wrote half of these and I don't even remember what I was talking about. What's the bark for me trend? That's another thing I really am not enjoying. It's when that? people think someone's hot and it's like a song that's like, it says, I bet you wouldn't bark for me. And then it shows like a hot picture of them. And then it's the person barking and it needs to end. I've never seen or heard of this. It's for the best. I'll talk about something off the notes. Okay. I have been having huge waves of insecurity over turning 31 and I can't pinpoint where it's coming from. Mm-hmm. I think it's because I back to the constant party and Katie and I were talking about this before we recorded how I have just been going way too hard and I'm not giving my nervous system a chance to recalibrate. So I think I'm not thinking clearly a lower energy lately. And especially since I got the epiphany that I'm ready for a relationship, like a serious one that's monogamous again. Now I'm like, oh, wait, now I'm going to start seriously dating at 31, which is fine. That's still so young. But then I wonder with dating apps, are men having a cutoff at 30 typically, But which is fine because then I want to weed those people out. But I am really curious for the men out there. What are your typical age ranges on them? Because I've heard from some that the typical cutoff can be 30 if they're mid-30s. And I think that's really upsetting (laughs) and scary to me. I actually had that same exact insecurity before I turned 31. I was way more anxious about turning 31 than I was about turning 32, which I did this year. 32, I felt so good about and like you were here for that. And I was just so proud of that birthday because it was the first time in my entire life, especially my entire life as an adult, where I didn't feel the need to go so hard and party the entire weekend and like just really like blow it out of the water, have it be the craziest, most fun birthday party. I was like, you know what? I kind of just want to chill and be around people I really like and not have to do the whole giant party thing. And I think there was real anxiety about turning 31 because it wasn't 30. And 30 is the big milestone, right? Everyone's like, oh my God, 30, it's such a big year. You make such a big deal out of it. Even even if you claim not to in your head, like it's still societally, it is a big deal to turn 30. It's this adult milestone that you hit. And then turning the year after that, it's like, 
okay, I'm like, I'm really like not in my youth anymore necessarily, though we're obviously both very youthful and tiny. Yes, me, me still being the more youthful, tinier. Very miniature sized, fun sized people. Ew, that was disgusting. Ew, I hate that I said that. Ew, please stop fun sized. Yeah, please stop Please me. stop her. Anyone? At least I'm self-aware. Anyway. I feel that anxiety. I'm sorry that you're feeling that, but I also think that it's totally normal and I think you should get over it. Well, I think I'm just pushing myself too much and I think I'm not giving myself any of the tools to support my mental clarity. And it's distracting because when you're having fun and you're socializing, you're like, yes, this is what makes me happy. I'm with my friends. I'm, I'm putting myself out there romantically, flirtatiously, um, socially. And I'm like, I, I feel like, oh, I'm in my element. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. But then in between these crazy parties and hangouts, it's this feeling of, oh God, am I falling behind? I haven't like, I just think of all the things I have yet to do. And I feel like I'm living in a feeling of scarcity for some reason, even though I shouldn't be because there is so much abundance. Mm-hmm. I don't know. There's just where my head's at. Yeah. I think it's a I think it's a really normal place to be in. I think so many women, probably some guys too, but a lot of women I think experience that as they move from their late 20s into their early 30s. And it's this it's this like big milestone era, right? Like a lot of people are gauging milestones at that point of have you had, are you in like your long-term relationship? Are you engaged? Are you married? Have you started a family? Like Not that those are the only milestones that matter, but so many people are gauging those milestones around that time. It's really hard to not look at other people and not necessarily compare yourself in a worth way, but just to compare yourself like, oh, okay, they're doing that. I'm doing this. Like, Is what I'm doing as fulfilling as what they perceive what they're doing to be? Does that make sense? Because you could be doing something totally different, like getting your master's, pursuing a new career in tech, doing all of those other really exciting things that are also big milestones to gauge your 30s by. But it's more just like, am I happy with what I'm doing? And you really start to think about that. It's this, am I fulfilled? Am I happy? Do I feel like I have purpose? I've been so happy. I've been so proud of myself, especially with the new career change since last December. And also just being so, you know, good about making new friends and maintaining and prioritizing a social life over a romantic life and all of this stuff. But I also feel like being in school for the last two and a half years, Now that I feel settled and really secure in my new career, constantly having this, keeping the same romantic connections around out of familiarity, I feel like I've been living under a security blanket with just enough spontaneity where it's felt like a great balance. But now I'm about to graduate. Now I actually have to figure out how to utilize my master's as a licensed therapist. How am I going to balance that with work? I want a monogamous relationship. Person I always had in my rotation is not my ideal fit for that. So I realize now, okay, I really have to kind of be independent, put myself out there and be emotionally available and vulnerable to someone new. And it's just like a huge, I don't even want to think of it as a chapter closing, like a chapter opening. And it's it's exciting, but also I think the closer it gets to December and the closer it gets for me to actually leave and do another solo trip. And then it's, I feel a little overwhelmed and a little like, oh God, I need to be held. 
I'm scared. It also always works out. And I know it will deep down. I really do. But it's like, I, I just want to fast forward <laughs> to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're in the hard part right now. You're in the like self-reflection and like doing all of the inner work and, you know, really doing a deep dive on yourself and asking why these really important questions and all of the actions that you've taken over the last few years, you're questioning now, like, what was the why behind that? What did I really want? What do I really want next? And that's the really, really hard part. But once you have those answers, it's so much easier to execute when you know what you're moving toward, because that's your motivation to go forward. And like, you're going to get there. You are going to be, you're going to thrive. You're not just going to be fine. You're going to be great. And it's going to be okay. But this part is important too. You know, you can't have the future without the present. Well, and like you said, comparing fulfillment, it's like, I know what will bring me fulfillment. And I know exactly what I want out of each area of life. With the tech Mm -hmm. job, I love being in sales. I really do. I feel good at it. I'm more than not usually very proud of myself at the end of each day. And I have fun. I love my dopamine rush from that. And financially, it makes me feel so stable. And with the benefits, all of that. And I feel like it gives me a sense of community because I have my New York office and I'm friends with my coworkers. So that gives me that fulfillment. With therapy though, the fulfillment would actually fulfill me emotionally because at the end of the day, I do wanna connect with people who really need it. People who've lost loved ones or lost something they love. It doesn't even have to be a person. It could be an animal, it could be a job, a relationship, a breakup. I wanna be able to, I feel really good and satisfied with myself when I can empathize with those people and pull them out of it. And that, that can save a life. Like I'm about to feel emo talking about it, but that's really what I want to do. Does that make me, but that would not make me feel financially secure like the tech job would. So it's like a perfect combo. And then with the relationship, I just do think I want another romantic companion, but it's so scary for me to like put myself out there. I think like I'm, I've become a very avoidant person and it worries me that I will not allow myself to let love in. And cause it's just so, I'm so scared of being vulnerable. Mm-hmm. I've, <laughs> I think that how you're feeling right now can help so many people, especially the fact that you're sharing it and like even hearing how emotional you are about like wanting to help people at their lowest through grief times. It's like the vulnerability that you're sharing right now is so helpful for other people to hear because people, everyone feels this feeling, right? Everyone goes through heartbreak. Everyone goes through, you know, difficult times of being guarded or, you know, knowing that they need to let their guard down, but it is really scary. And like, not to take away at all from what you're feeling because it's important, but it's also, I think there's so much hope in knowing that other people go through it too. Again, I really believe so strongly that you can't have the future that you want without experiencing what you're experiencing today. That's the reason that you're going to be able to push through and go forward and actually do the hard steps of what comes next, like letting go of safety blankets and experiencing new things and being really brave and really vulnerable and putting yourself out there in such an intense way in a totally new country and, you know, just going to explore and experience all of these amazing things that you know have in the past brought you to the place that you got to a year ago, which was a place of so much strength, so much vulnerability, so much like connection with your community and the people around you. Like 
you have done really hard things before and you're going to continue to do them moving forward, but you can absolutely get through them. I love you. Thank you. I love you too. I'm so proud of you. I'm like hearing, obviously listeners to the pod, y'all get little snippets of our lives. And I'm sure that anyone who's really closely listened can follow along with the story that Chaz is telling right now about her past and where she wants to bring her future and being her best friend. Like I'm just so fucking proud of you (laughs) because I feel like I've heard you be in this stuck place for so long. And I know that it's really scary and I know that it's really hard for you right now, but even just knowing that you're ready to move forward and that you're thinking about it And, you know, I think the grief that comes along with that feeling, you know, the sadness that you experience right now or just the fear even, those are all actually good emotions because it means that you're processing. It means you're not in denial anymore and just putting your blinders on and being like, well, this feels good right now and it feels safe. So I'm going to keep doing it. And then I can like poke a toe out. It's like, no, this feeling means that you're ready to take the blinders off and jump in. Yeah. And that's the thing I have until very recently been so satisfied with every aspect of my life. But once the switch flips, last episode, I said flip switches. I said it wrong. I noticed that too. And I liked it. You actually said it a few times. (laughs) I always notice. It's just, I was really hoping it wouldn't for a while because I, everything's just been so easy, so cushy. Mm -hmm. You know, oh God. Oh, I feel like being held. I know who to call. I feel like being told I love you. I know who to call. I feel like going on a trip with someone who I have, who already knows me inside and out. Okay, I know who to call for that. And all of my energy has been going to my social group and really deepening those connections. Whereas my romantic life has, I didn't realize how it's been great, but it, in reality, it's stagnant because- I haven't been letting myself let any new viable options in because I have kept, you know, I've kept my life very safe and secure, but without risking Mm -hmm. feeling again. And I've told myself, oh, ethical non-monogamy, maybe, oh, an open situation. And in the moment, like this has served me in the past because I just have not had the emotional bandwidth to connect with anyone, nor have I wanted to. I was the initiator in ending my last relationship, and I felt like that gave me control and power over things. I was able to transition from that to friends, friends with benefits, whatever you want to call it. But now it just, all of a sudden, I am craving more. And that's scary to me because it's so recent that I've genuinely realized that, wow, no, you're ready. It's time again. And now I'm like, well, fuck, I'm scared. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know if I'm ready, but I can't go back. Once I make up my mind, that's it. Mm-hmm. And now each time I go on a date, I am less entertained like I used to be when, thing, when I'm not attracted to the person. And I get a little discouraged and disappointed because I feel like, oh, no, now that I'm ready, I just want to like meet the perfect person and jump back into something, <laughs> which I know that's not mm-hmm. the point. I love the journey I'm on. I still love dating. I've been having a lot of fun, even though I just, I don't know. I feel compelled to go to Germany and I'm really hoping for a fun little, I'm hoping that I'll find a new zest 
for mm -hmm. dating and for life in general during this next solo trip because going to Amsterdam was one of the best things I ever did for myself and I came back feeling so much more confident and so proud of myself. I told myself I would commit to the one solo trip a year to maintain that mm -hmm. and I'm glad I'm doing it but this time what I really want to get out of it is not just like a cool experience or an entertaining experience that's memorable, but something that will really stick with me and kind of impact me emotionally, whether that be someone I meet platonically, romantically, or an encounter I have that makes me just reconnect with my emotional side. That's what I need because I'm becoming too bro-y. <laughs> <laughs> too, much, too much tech in my life. I just want to reconnect with my sexual side, my romantic side, and my emotional side and allow myself to be scared, but channel that fear into pummeling through to reach some sort of vulnerability and show myself it's okay. Mm -hmm. I think being this intentional with how you want this trip to go and just being open and being able to say openly for your life in general, I'm ready for real romance again. I'm ready for a real monogamous connection with someone else. I want a relationship. I feel so strongly that whatever you want out of this life, you have to be able and you have to be willing to say it out loud to anyone to yourself, I think if you can't speak it, you can't make it happen. You at the very, like the first step is being able to know what you want and being able to really see it and imagine yourself in it. And that's how you create your reality. I know this is so dumb and it sounds really like manifestation and visualization -y. and some people subscribe to that. Some people don't. Personally, I don't like sit and try to manifest things necessarily but anything I've ever gotten in my life, whether that be a new job, a totally new career path, a relationship, um, an outcome with a person that I'm, you know, having an issue with, literally anything I have ever wanted in this life, I have had to speak first. It's the very first step. Like you have to see it and you have to say it out loud. I believe that. And it's worked. It's worked for us. This was so helpful for me when I was in a really, really dark place earlier this year that like you helped me through this podcast helped me through I would think of and honestly like every birthday I try to do this too just because it it is a really good reminder think about 16 year old you and the life that you imagined you would have one day in New York City. I'm like getting I'm crying again I know it made me cry too when I thought about it because I realized I would look up to me so much I'm literally living my own dream the life that I imagined I would have when I was 16 years old, laying in my bed, watching Sex in the City or watching all of these shows about, you know, grown up, more adult women than I was having their own apartment, having their own job, their own friends, this amazing, fun social life that they created for themselves, romance and marriage and a husband and a baby. That was never part of that for me. It was always about the living and the enjoyment and the fun and the experiences. That's always what I imagined. And so the only person I ever care about impressing in this life is myself. I want to be the woman that 16-year-old me dreamed about. And when I realized that I actually am, that was huge for me. I do think about that. And I, I it's like an out-of-body experience. Even to this day, I tell mm -hmm. myself, You've almost, almost been in New York a decade. You are like, when I was little, what I always think about is my parents got me this cardboard house 
and I would sit in it for hours on end every day and I would have everything meticulous and organized and I had my little kitchen area and I had all these little trinkets and set up just the way I liked it with little fake plants and things like that. And it was my oasis. It was my most serene spot to go. And then I sit in my apartment now and I just think like, oh, my, my dad got me the little cardboard house and now he got me this apartment technically and he can't even see me sitting in it. But I'm so grateful to him to have this life because if you would have told childhood me sitting in my little cardboard house, one day you are going to be sitting in your very own home and it's all going to be yours. No one can take it from you. And not only that, it's not going to be in Slidell the shithole. It's going to be in New York City in Manhattan. It would just blow my mind and you're going to have giant tits. <laughs> like I used to put on my mom's bras that were really padded <laughs> as like a six-year-old. I would, and you're, and like, I would just, my mind would be blown and you're going to have a bunch of meaningful connections in your life and your mom's going to be there with you and healthy and you're going to have your health and you're going to have not only one career you love, but two, it, it really does put it into perspective. But then I think, but none of that really means anything unless you truly have a genuine companion to share it with. And that is what I've been ignoring because I, you know, I'm just, I wanted to prove to myself after being in so many long-term relationships for so many years and even kind of keeping one pseudo there, even while single, that I don't need that. But now it's like, okay, I realize I don't need it, but now I want it. And now it's just time to take those next steps. And I, I you know, I, it's not mm -hmm. like I'm cutting people off or out of my life. I've just had conversations with people who I do love very much and who I've dated and who are still very close to me. It's like a bit bittersweet thing. It's kind of like, a, okay, leave the nest situation. And it's, in the end, it's kind of a beautiful thing. And I know that it's just, mm -hmm. it's, I just feel so emotional. It's just like a lot of emotions. <laughs> Yeah. There's emotions in every single aspect of what you're saying, whether it's letting go or having courage or realizing that, you know, you had your own walls up and maybe you were, you were your own worst enemy this whole time or old systems of thinking no longer serve you. All of those things are really difficult and really emotional. I want to touch on one of the things that you said, which is you have this incredible dream life that you pictured having when you were a kid but that it doesn't mean anything if you have no one to share it with. And I would almost take the opposite the opposite viewpoint to it, not saying that sharing it with someone isn't the next dream and the next step that you're going to chase because I think that's absolutely a worthy dream to chase. But I would argue that it means everything because you did it alone. Because for the last couple of years – you've been building those connections and building your community and really putting so much effort into your work and school and these things that you decided you wanted to do for you and you alone. That's what gave it so much meaning and why it is so important and so meaningful to share it. It would mean nothing if all you did was just share it with someone else. But because you did all of that by yourself, like it's so exciting and you, you should be so proud of who you are today and being able to share that person with someone because that person is going to be so lucky, unbelievably lucky to get to interact with you and get to know you. I know. Yeah, exactly. You know. <laughs> Thank well, you, everyone, for listening to our therapy session today. <laughs> uh, well, 
And I, and you know, you are my companion. You are. But I want to be able to fuck my companion, and I can't do that. You should. And regardless of what any boyfriend I've ever had in this lifetime has ever thought, Chaz and I don't fuck. <laughs> Katie's tried, but I those days are over. You know, so many people have tried with me and have turned them all down. Yeah, Katie is as straight as they come. And so am I. These days, yeah, you are. <laughs> This really put things into perspective. And I say all that with the, it's important to share, share, share. But then full circle, look how meaningful these solo travels are for me because I connect so much with myself and I love being Mm -hmm. able to come and go from the casual companionship when I'm there. Mm -hmm. So my mindset has gone from scarcity to back to abundance because you've helped me remind myself when I want it, not only do I always get it, I don't need it. And that's important to remember. And I also think we all just get really sad and emotional the week before our birthdays. It's such a thing. Yeah. Birthday sadness is definitely a thing as you get older. That's not to say we're going to be sad on your actual birthday because we're going to have a great fucking time on your actual birthday. (laughs) Katie gets to see my mom again. I'm bringing one of my best friends who's a newer best friend, Raquel, and they get to meet – Raquel gets to meet my mom and Katie, and I cannot wait. It's just going to be magical. And then all of my childhood friends, it's going to be so special. And that's the thing. At the end of the day, I am always surrounded by love. I have people in my life who I've been friends with since three and a half years old. It's also emotional because then my mom is turning 70 in October. Then it just brings me back to the fear of being an orphan, even though I'm an adult. (laughs) But we can save that for another episode. But but we do need to talk about that because especially as only children. I don't want to talk about that at all, but you're probably right. It probably is important. Not that this is going to become a downer pod. That won't be the next episode. I don't know. I'm only only crying for the, the, the listeners. Like it'll be good for our rating. <laughs> it's the it's the plays. We're crying for plays. <laughs> um okay, this is um we're going on an hour. Any final thoughts before we wrap up? I feel that like that was cathartic. My fears are changing more towards excitement at this point because Katie's my best friend for this reason. She, Even though I'm almost a therapist, I still need someone to work through my emotions. I can sit there and work through my own and I can rationalize them and say everything Katie said to me, but I need to hear it. I'm a human. We all are. Every therapist has a therapist for this Mm -hmm. reason. And I mean, to be very clear, I'm certainly no therapist and This is also – because I feel like people are so sensitive these days. Please stop thinking that like needing your friends to comfort you in a hard or emotional time is always trauma dumping because it's not. This was not an emotional burden that Chaz put on me that I'm inequipped to handle because I feel like some people would see it that way because – Obviously, I'm not a therapist and I'm not in school for this kind of thing. But like relying on your friends and leaning on your friends for help when you need them is not something to be ashamed of. And it's also not something that you should not do. I That that probably was shitty therapy because I was telling her my opinion the whole time. And I was talking about her past and talking about like things that I know about her that an impartial therapist wouldn't fucking know necessarily. But I'm able to still this is so corporate sounding because I've just been working too much, but I'm still able to provide value (laughs) just by being a good friend. (laughs) 
We just need to know at the end of the day that we are providing value. That's all this is all about. <laughs> My value proposition is that I've known you for a long ass time and I care about you and I love and I you. I love you too. And that is just as valuable sometimes is also, because obviously this is a therapy positive podcast. We're not saying you shouldn't also have a therapist. Your friends want to be there for you. Your friends who really love you will always be there for you and will always be there to catch you when you fall and pick you back up and set you on your feet and remind you how great you are when you can't see that for yourself or when you just need to be reminded or, you know, pointed the way ahead in a more clear direction. Like friends can do that stuff too. Exactly. And you know, what better person to go to about feeling insecure surrounding turning older and embarking on new adventures of emotional vulnerability than someone who has lived it and you, and you went through it with her very recently. And it's, it's a symbiotic relationship. Also, side note, I got Lay's MD, and can I just say, huh? I got a Lay's MD facial like two weeks ago. Oh, it literally, <laughs> Jazz, you said Lay's, and I was like, oh, sick, new chip dropped. <laughs> I, I was like, oh, what's that? Should I try that? <laughs> my favorite chip is just Lay's potato chip. I love the ruffles with like French onion dip. That's my top chip. I like that, but I love just the regular Lay's. I love an avocado oil kettle chip, but doesn't my skin look so much tighter than it did? It does. It actually looks really tight. It looks nice. Thank you. Isn't that fucking wild? Okay, tell the people where you went. Glow Spa with Sai. She is my friend and now my facialist, and I am obsessed. Lay's MD is fucking incredible. Chaz's face does. Chaz's face always looks good, to be fair, but it does look tight right now. That's a good adjective. Thank you so much. And that's the other part of turning 31. I've completely switched. I've gotten a whole new wardrobe. I'm fully going back to my goth tumbler era. It's happening. The wardrobe's been bought. I'm getting tightening facials. I'm getting my Botox tomorrow. I am just completely revamping myself because... I'm over having this identity crisis and dressing crazy with all these crazy colors and all that really aren't me. I'm going back to what I know. And that's Tumblr. Mm -hmm. And that's the gift of being in your 30s, I think, is you no longer care about trying to be something other than exactly who you are. I'm goth. I'm goth. I've always been. This looks insane on me. I'm wearing a little Barbie pink bra. I want to be dripping in black. I miss wearing my weird crosses and rosary shit. I miss... Chaz is about to get daddy's girl re-tattooed onto her wrists. I'm going to darken it. <laughs> I'm going to get a sleeve. I'm getting a Monroe piercing. I'm getting snake bites. Mm. I'm dyeing my hair back silver. No, my hair color will be staying. Yeah, the hair color is important. But blonde goth is a thing, and that's totally fine. I thought about putting a black small streak in it. I'm not kidding. Back here. No, please. No skunks, No right? skunks. No, I, I stopped myself. Mm. But, but okay. yeah. That's good. That's where we're at. Here's my this week's spiral. Thanks for joining. It. Thank you to everyone who listened to this. I know that it was a, a wild hair up Chaz's ass, <laughs> as she likes to say. Quite a departure from the last three episodes. Either way, if you enjoyed it, share it with a friend, maybe somebody who's having a birthday soon, or maybe that was helpful for you. If it was, let us know. Leave us a review. Leave us a review, please. I love reading them and they just bring us so much serotonin and pride. So please just scroll down where it says rating and then it'll say right under write a review or leave a written review and just just say a, 
couple words of what, what's on your mind. As long as it's nice to me, please don't be mean to me. I'm sensitive right now. Someone mentioned me in a review, please. I feel like Chaz gets these call-outs, all of these shout-outs in our reviews. Nobody ever talks about me, and here I am providing th- free therapy to her and all of you. So you're goddamn welcome. Well, that's because that man has <laughs> shouting out. But yeah, Katie deserves way more credit than she gets. I'll leave Katie a review. Aw, thanks, Chaz. Okay, somebody else do it too, so I feel loved. Let's all do it. Okay, everyone, until next week. Goodbye. Bye. Please stop 